Well, welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church. Today, I am joined by Brian Cobley, our students director. Nice. And Allison Oconee, our community care pastor and speaker from Sunday. Allison, this was your first time preaching in the Changes series. Yes, um, it was. You decided <laughs> to... Are we already in a, in a laughing mood? All right. You decided to... Uh, talk to us about Ruth, um, which is the second woman that we've talked about in this series. The first being Hannah, which you mentioned in your sermon as one of your favorites. I did. Yeah. I wanted to kind of do a look backwards at who we've already covered. And Hannah was awesome. I thought that Mm -hmm. was an amazing sermon. So yeah. Yeah, I I thought it was great to have a Sunday about a woman in the Bible, the woman pastor and staff preaching announcements of wither, women gathering and <laughs> and the youth pastor offending every woman in the sanctuary on one wonderfully packaged Sunday. <laughs> Brian, yeah, you hit you hit quite a mark yeah, with, no. with the announcements in the yeah. morning. So Karen, that was good. Karen called me out. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate before our, our yeah, listeners? Yeah, if you weren't there, I was like just complaining and venting to the whole congregation about how fast my lawn is growing because of the constant rain, sunshine, rain, sunshine. And then people were like vibing with it. Like, yeah, I totally feel what you mean. And I was like, yeah, we should start a support group. Dads who mow. And as soon as I said that, there was some laughter, just some. But then Karen King goes, dads? Right. And I could just see all the women who mow out there just like all of a sudden rising up in their seats yeah. a little bit. Like, what did he just say? I my mistake. I said, that was bad. Thank yeah. you, Karen. I'm so sorry. Um, but as I got off the stage and walked, I saw glares. Yes, you <laughs> yeah. did. Yes, you did. Annette, because of women gatherings at her house, go, I mow my own lawn, Brian. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Like, I bet you do. <laughs> yeah, she does, man. <laughs> and then Karen Weber, same thing. Yeah. I'm Good. Like, I'm like, yeah. You can't get away two with Karens, anything around Two here. Karens calling me out today. <laughs> well, talking about caring for organics, that goes right into Ruth. Uh, we see that she found herself working in a field. Let's hop into the, the Ruth's wow. truths. That was that was that was a yoga stretch to get to that. No, no, it works. Oh, it works. It worked, okay, it worked. That really okay, that was good. That was good. <laughs> um, I love the organics part. Yeah, of that. yeah. Thank you. Um, so, Allison, you did a um, I'll call it clever, fun Ruth or what is it? Truths from Ruth. Right. The right. the rhyming it felt very well, like. You could have just said truths and like try to emphasize. Oh, the Ruth. get it. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Where were you when I was sermon <laughs> <Yeah>. prepping? <laughs> All you, the helpful people. You could have done lowercase, lowercase t, lowercase s, and then just capitalized Ruth in the middle of I'll, it. Uh, n- yeah, I'll get it next time, Coach. But <laughs> this time it's truth from Ruth. <laughs> it's just hard for me to not be cheesy when I speak mm-hmm. sometimes with my organization because mm. I think in ways that are like that. I categorize mm-hmm. things like that. So I thought to myself, Let's just yeah. share it with this with everyone. So also well, no visual aid. Yeah. Right. This was like your first Sunday with not having a prop on stage. I know. I didn't stand behind anything or hid I, behind anything. I don't, I don't even know if I even soaked in the message. Like <laughs> yeah. there wasn't a flashlight. Did or, you have one takeaway at least? <laughs> the one takeaway. Oh four. four. Okay, takeaways. good, good. Okay. <laughs> four truths. The lack of the lack of totem really uh 
threw me for a loop. But um, I do really quickly just want to go through um, your truths from Ooh. Ruth. I want to see if I can get them. Be f- and Naomi. Was that the first one? Not first. That was that's number two. That's Ruth. That's Ruth. Truth two. We or, we went r- in in backwards r- order. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So is it be a Ruth? Have a Ruth. Have a Ruth. Be, be a, a Ruth. Ruth. Be a Ruth. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Then have a Boaz. Nope. No. Be Just a be a Boaz. Be a, be Boaz. a Boaz. Yes. And then Ruth. Nope. And then Naomi. No, yeah, sorry. Naomi. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really. Hey, <laughs> plus work here. Yeah. <laughs> I would know it if there was a visual aid, Allison. Yeah. And the first one was God. Remember God's loving kindness to right. you. Yeah. Right. He's the actual like all star of this yeah. book. Even though those other three have supporting roles, mm-hmm. it's actually that God and His loving kindness is the yeah. main idea. So, mm-hmm. yeah. One of the things um, that I would like to get into before we hop too much into the message is um, I've heard sermons and I've heard Bible studies and Sunday school lessons, all of that on Ruth, um, and I also know that it's a a large there's a large amount of women who really like this book, right? And I'm curious, not that I don't think Ruth is a good book. Ruth is just never like, I've never read him and been like, wow, that was amazing. I love that. So one of the things that I would like to hear from you, Allison and Brian as well, if you have um, some feelings towards the book is what stands out or what is maybe your draw to that book well, ordinar- or the story? Ordinarily, Ruth is not, appealed to me much as a character tbh okay so like just to be fully transparent i have thought not much about her um i know Mm -hmm. that um like the jewish culture highly esteems ruth yeah and she's spoken of frequently Mm -hmm. and honored um i've kind of been a little meh about it about her Mm -hmm. but when i spent time in her story the whole concept of changes was what led me to her in the first place um up till now in our in our changes series we've been looking at people who had um a change in their life after an encounter with the lord yeah um i wanted more to think about like well what happens to people of faith when there are unwanted changes that happen in their life like Mm -hmm. we need to be able to as people of faith work through seasons of Mm -hmm. change and hardship, Mm -hmm. um, in a God honoring way. And I think that that was more what I was looking for a little bit. So Ruth's story appealed to me for that Mm -hmm. reason. Um, they had famine, they had death, they Mm -hmm. had, you know, barrenness. They had like periods where they moved foreign countries Mm -hmm. and they were the outcasts. So I'm like, okay, (laughs) Circumstances there look like lots and lots of change. Yeah. So check she, you know, mm-hmm. qualified to be discussed. Yeah. But yeah, no. Up till now, I hadn't really okay. given her a whole lot of thought. Okay. Yeah. Brian, what about you? One, I love the story. Just <clears throat> in keeping in line with uh, Jesus's genealogy. Yeah. Um, there's actually three things. The genealogy I like. Two, I like the kind of even kind of culture to Christianity today of the story of, Mm -hmm. I think Christians today, when there's somebody who is depressed, 
mm-hmm. as Naomi was. Mm-hmm. Someone call mm-hmm. me call me Mara. Mm-hmm. So it was. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> just mm-hmm. the bitter. She's like I can't even be called by my woman. <laughs> she called but it up. I think we. I think if we like nine times out of ten, mm-hmm. us who preach on stage will tell people if there's somebody who's like that. You as Christians, we need to keep like loving them and encountering them and maybe maybe they'll experience the love of jesus maybe mm-hmm. they'll even accept jesus mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. story that's opposite the person who believes in god is the bitter one it's yeah. the person who yeah. isn't who's like no yeah. i'm yeah. not going anywhere yeah and then through that somebody who actually lived more like christ more like god mm-hmm. in this moment ends up being in the family the genealogy of so Ruth acting more like Christ or Boaz Ruth acting Ruth. more like Christ yeah. saying like I'm not leaving you right. I'm with you right and it's so funny because it wasn't the God fear who was doing that it was actually a foreigner right, right. and so it's just you know I think mm-hmm. it's a reminder to me of a lot of times in our culture today that some of the best people the greatest people aren't Christians mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and sometimes we as Christians can be the bitter ones like oh no leave me alone don't want it and there's yeah really good examples and who knows if even if we let those people in our lives they can still with our bitterness maybe still encounter yeah jesus which i think i i say don all the time i love don that man was more sarcastic and when i would go to him at uh at church he was a bitter old man too at the church he He just yeah he was i thought he worked with children yeah but that was like i think i think monday through saturday was like (laughs) the recharge to mm. go, like spend it but like on on he just people he did not like people that much um so he needed the recharge so when we go to the office he was just a hermit somewhere and mm. i'd always have to try and find him and i always felt like i annoyed him even though he would tell me i wasn't but i'm like gosh i just feel like he's trying to get away but i also need to know what what am i doing today i'm mm-hmm. like your intern mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah. but i just always found myself even drawn more and more mm. to him and my relationship with jesus was growing mm while being around this kind of bitter old man, even though he was just full of full of love. But hmm. Quick disclaimer for people who are half listening to that story. We were not talking about Don Pratt. Um, okay. you're, we were talking about someone from Brian's past experiences. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for listening to this Don or Don. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Names in this um, podcast yeah. are fictionalized. Yeah. The third thing that I really like about this story is this moment in the Old Testament was actually... Know how many thousands? I think maybe one thousand years later, few, not a few thousand years later, was actually the reason that the early church started the first deacons slash like elders was the mistreatment of widows. Oh, yeah, that was like they were like, hey, since this whole Christianity thing happened, widows right. aren't cared for. Like, what mm-hmm. do we do? And that's when you said, hey, let's let's appoint people. Who are mm-hmm. seven people that you would want to appoint? Mm-hmm. So you go back to the, even this Old Testament story. How much? widows were cared for yeah. taken care of yeah like if i just see this story and immediately yeah. flash forward to the new testament I'm like yeah that's where there was a huge failing mm. happened where we see it lived out like mm-hmm. they were cared for mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think they've always been a priority of god's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um just a note about mara or the bitter name i i i left that out i cut it from mm-hmm. my my script script um <laughs> Wow. I know. I'm like <laughs> just an actor up here. I know. Yeah. Out of my out of my text. Because mm-hmm. um I didn't want to go to I was careful of time. Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. I did take note of the fact that she was emotionally really honest with her community about yeah. how she felt. And mm-hmm. she actually was pointing to God's sovereignty mm-hmm. over the fact that it was God who had taken away these people out yeah. of her life and she felt 
lonely and empty as a result. So I think that opens up a really, really big conversation, not for here, but mm-hmm. um, in a believer's life is the role of the Lord, you know, when he gives and takes. We're all really yeah. good about the gives, like, oh, yeah, give us babies, give us husbands, give us, you mm-hmm. know, long life. <laughs> yeah. And then if it's removed from us is yeah. when we we're not so down for that, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But Mara's or Naomi's um, emotional honesty with her community allowed them to minister to her. So I don't know. I I appreciated her honesty. Yeah. Yeah, you presented it so funny <laughs> when you said that. Oh, that Ruth. Yeah, after, after Ruth's like, where you go, I'll go. Your God will be my God. Mm-hmm. Just call me bitter. <laughs> mm-hmm. I went away full, now I'm empty. And then yeah. Ruth is like, hey. <laughs> Just me and my Amanda, devotion to you. Amanda and I are cracking up on the yeah. side. <laughs> I know, it just, it just struck me funny too. But, um, but I want to see if I got a fact correct because uh, I heard this and I'm like, wait, am I hearing this correctly? Because it's really cool if, that's, if, if this was true. You were teaching the history of when a husband would die yeah. then down the line. Can you go into further detail? Yeah. Because I don't want to say what I thought you said. I just want you to say it again to see like, oh, oh yeah, I did capture it again. Okay, so kinsman redeemer yep. is the term. And the concept is that um, the family line matters mm-hmm. in that like we've all heard like the house of Judah or the tribe of Judah or mm-hmm. the tribe of Benjamin or whatever. Like these lineages mattered to these ancient families and these mm-hmm. ancient people. So if your husband died, it was a priority c- to continue his name or mm-hmm. the family name. Mm-hmm. So they had set up this kinsman redeemer sort of thing where you would marry the next in line, yeah. which was the brother, younger brother, or the next younger brother. And if there was no younger brother, then you like check out the family tree and see who's next. The weird part, and I likened it to the queen because she's yeah. just had her jubilee. I also learned a lot about royalty on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Where I'm like, I didn't, I didn't know these names. It's a big week in Britain because of the <laughs> queen. So, But if she passes her crown down to the next in line, yeah. and then there's a succession. Mm-hmm. So um, the thing that I didn't really, I cut also from the script was the fact that Boaz was a kinsman redeemer. Mm. That he was able to step into that place, but there was somebody who was even closer to Ruth. And so Boaz was full of integrity. Mm -hmm. And instead of cutting in line, he went and had a conversation with that guy who Mm -hmm. was the next in line. And he was like, hey, so it's you (laughs) if you want it to be you. Um, you'd have to buy the field or there was mm-hmm. some sort of uh, land or property that came to. And the guy actually just took himself out. He was like, no, 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 y- you do it. And so yeah. Boaz, with integrity, could step into the role of the kinsman redeemer and purchase the land and have Ruth as his wife. Mm. So is that what you had yeah, un- yeah. So, understood? So I've read Ruth, I mean, a few times mm-hmm. at this point. And that has never drawn my attention or like I didn't I didn't catch that. And so that to me when you're saying that, I'm like, gosh, this just makes the genealogy of Jesus even like yeah. greater. I know than that. I know. That. And scholars point back to uh 
Jesus being our kinsman redeemer mm-hmm. coming to like rescue slash ransom mm-hmm. us when we were without um, a, a home or a, a tribe or a family that he has stepped in to do that. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of parallels on that. Jesus yeah. being our kinsman redeemer. So um, yeah, for lack of time, yeah. I just like cut some of that, but I think one thing I had never um, caught before I've read, I mean, it's only four chapters. So people yeah. read Ruth all the time, just like, you yeah, know, and I think that's probably why like nothing, they didn't skim really, over some of yeah. the details. Yeah. I hadn't realized that it took Boaz two harvest cycles to even like, he just was not about to take action because he wasn't next in line. Probably. I don't know. I mean, he didn't even open the conversation. You know, some guys, they need some help. <laughs> it took a long time. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyhow, for Naomi to nudge him, yeah. I felt like, you know, it was appropriate. It was yeah. timely. Um, some people were like, do you feel like um, she was putting her on display or having her be like this temptress or whatever? Mm. And it's like, no, I just think that maybe he needed one more glass of wine (laughs) (laughs) and he needed her, you know, in a a pretty new dress. And then he was like, Oh, okay. I'm into you. Like, let's make this work. Sounds like Elmer in our game. Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) The game that we played it. Yeah. Um, To save time. (laughs) Right. Uh, He might have just had commitment issues, man. All right. Some guys they need, I know, you know, how many times girls like, Moms asked, when is he going to propose? It's like, right. No, we've been together <laughs> for 10 years. I have no well, idea. Well, he was older. So it wasn't, I mean, or maybe he could have been a young guy who had inherited all yeah. that wealth. But mm-hmm. it, the the way the story is written mm-hmm. makes you think he's older. He refers to her as daughter, mm-hmm. which is like an, um, not a demeaning term, but more mm-hmm. like an endearing term that you would say to somebody who was younger than yeah. you, not your peer. Um, yeah. But anyhow, yeah. So I wonder what was taking him so long. Mm-hmm. Well, what I what I appreciated about your message yesterday was the amount of time that you did commit to um, contextualizing and and making mm-hmm. this story from the Old Testament mm-hmm. understandable and relatable. Because I mean, right off the bat, there's a few barriers. Like mm-hmm. we're not living in an agrarian society. Like we don't really like we have a little bit of knowledge about harvests and what it means to work on a farm. But then also I really appreciated cause I'd never had thought about what you called, you know, quote unquote, the insurance program, mm-hmm. um, which I think adds layers of maybe not, there's a new understanding, but more of an appreciation. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think most Christians struggle with when we read the Bible is to not, glorify or put some of these characters on pedestals because we know that the glory goes back to God. But I still think that a lot of these people that we read about can be role models, right? You see this whole, no, I'm going to stick with you. I'm going to hang out here. I'm not going to go back to my family. Um, That's very admirable. That's something that you can look up to and and, um, maybe not say, wow, all the glory goes to this person, but you can look at it and say, that's really cool. That's a way that I should live my life. And it still doesn't glorify this human, but you can see the Christ likeness or the God likeness in them. Um, it's but- funny that you say that too, because I believe this would happen. Dear God, don't let this happen. But if something. 
You're thinking of your mother-in-law now? <laughs> no, no, oh. I was, <laughs> no, other opposite, actually. Yeah. Like, if something happened to me, mm. like, I'm, like, 100% confident Audrey would go back to California, mm-hmm. go back to Modesto, go be, like, to her family again. Like, if something happened to me, there's there's really nothing keeping Audra in Washington, in this mm-hmm. area. Um, so I look at then the story of Ruth. It's like, man, she could have, like, went back to her yeah. family. Like, yeah. That would have been an easy yeah. Yeah. choice. And the writer who they who everyone believes is Samuel, because yeah. he wrote um, Judges and then Ruth, and mm-hmm. the two books almost could be considered one. Yeah. But um, there's no shame on the gal who did go back to her Orpa, homeland. Right? Like, yeah. there is no, no blame or anything. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was God propelling or enabling Ruth to do that kind of... Um, out of the ordinary yeah. act. I think it wasn't so much that Ruth was like an all-star, although yeah. she's super great. Yeah. But I think it was God's purpose that was motivating her. So if Audra decided to stay in Washington for some reason and like she just felt compelled, I would think it was the Lord mm-hmm. having a plan yeah. for her there. Yeah, because it would make all sense in the world Absolutely. For her to go, go home. Absolutely. Well, and I, and I think that's one of the other con- necessary pieces of context right because you see whether it's divorce or a death becoming a widow that's not as common it's still somewhat common like you said with audra she'd probably move back to california but there's a lot of men or women right who would say i kind of made a life for myself up here i'm going to stick around whereas that was very countercultural for someone to stick around in the area right if something happens you go right back to your family that was the way that the world worked at that Right. I, I mean, I've even asked a question about myself. Again, God, yeah. please don't let anything happen to Audra. Yeah. But if something happened to Audra, I'm yeah. like, would I go home? I don't think I'd go home. Yeah. That's interesting if it's different mm-hmm. for male, female. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I, I don't feel like I'd go home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the component of them being Sorry, foreigners, mm-hmm. you know, to yeah. like um, California to Washington or yeah. whatever. <laughs> um, kind of cousins. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it was either Naomi was going to be the yeah. foreigner and live out her days away from her homeland, yeah. um, or it would be Ruth. Yeah. So, and Ruth had more years to go. So, I don't know. I just think God compelled them because he knew he had a plan for them to be in Bethlehem, for them to meet Boaz, for her to be part of um, the genealogy of Jesus, etc. Fulfilling. Yeah. Which then goes to your last truth. Yeah. <laughs> of, um, which I remember it, but like you can probably say it a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't answer, you just take a stab yeah, at it? God. Yeah. God. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. His loving kindness towards us. Yeah. Right. That Keep one. that in mind. Yeah. Where you talked about uh, there was famine and then there was mm-hmm. plenty. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Famine and plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, widowed to married. Mm-hmm. Barren to. Um, mm-hmm. Pregnant. The child, yeah. yeah. Um, was there another one? I think you hit all the top ones. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hayden, I think Hayden's looking. Poverty to plenty. Yeah. I was oh, pro- that was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Po- yeah. Poverty to plenty, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, like you said, it was God. Um, and then I loved how you had, like, you had everybody, you told everybody, you know, look in the rear view mm-hmm. here and see that God. Has been working towards something, and then a reminder that if there, if 
things are a little hard right now that mm-hmm. maybe this is mm-hmm. going to be the thing in your rear view mirror mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. looking back. That's what I hope because even knowing that Ruth had 10 years of barrenness, she mm-hmm. probably was like, uh, why mm-hmm. does this not happen a little yeah. faster? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But if she had had a child in that time, I don't know, would she have gone? <laughs> <laughs> would she have made the trip to go meet Boaz. I mean, maybe God could have just done yeah. whatever he wanted, but uh, mm-hmm. was there something about that family line yep. and having the firstborn um, with Boaz so that it would be part of the lineage? Now I have a question about that. Well, your, can your, I... Your crown share, is it, what is it called? Yeah, Kin, Kinsman Redeemer. Oh, that one. <laughs> oh, the Kinsman Redeemer. Yeah, so Ruth wasn't like a... She was a foreigner, so does she have to follow the same rules? So was the Kingsman Redeemer actually? Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was because of Naomi and her son, so okay. it was to preserve the son's mm-hmm. Na- lineage. Okay. So she kind of just accepted that, even though she was a foreigner, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. follow that rule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one of the questions I wanted to ask, because I feel like um, everything in the Bible is useful and beneficial, but a lot of times we for teaching, huh? profitable for teaching yeah exactly but i would ask this question um this is completely hypothetical but let's say that this is an isolated story and that let's say ruth and boaz and all of that doesn't actually fit into jesus's lineage right Mm -hmm. so if you were to remove the easiest answer of Mm -hmm. why is ruth in the bible oh because it's part of jesus's lineage would you still find all the useful, I mean, obviously the Ruth's truths, right? But, um, or the truths from Ruth. Um, do you still see a large value in it outside? Let's say we we pull those two out of Jesus' lineage. And this is just a story of, this is a really cool story in the Bible. Do you still see the value of it being there? I think no story is wasted where God is glorified. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like God's glorified yeah. in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like he lined up all of mm-hmm. the people necessary, yeah. the, the circumstances, mm-hmm. and then, yeah. yeah. Even if it was an ordinary miracle, yeah. like um, a family came together, yeah. they were diverse, they came together, and mm-hmm. nobody was alone. Yeah. Um, I think that's a beautiful miracle, and mm-hmm. I think that's something that is worth telling. Mm-hmm. Some of us, that's our highest hope, right? Yeah. Is that we would find ourselves in a family and not yeah. live this life alone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So even yeah. if Jesus wasn't like the outcome of mm-hmm. the lineage thing, yeah. I still think there's a lot of beauty. Yeah, for sure. To this. I'm just curious. Yeah. Because one day I would love if I had the the time and energy and extra time to just compare and contrast. They're going to say, read the four chapters of Ruth. Yeah, honestly, that's the biggest thing. I'm like, this is a lot of reading. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I ever find the time. <laughs> well, I would, like to, I would like to be able to compare and contrast the, the Jewish teachings and historical texts versus what we have in our Bible, right? Because there is a lot of, there's a lot of, um, trying to think the right word, crossover like there's a venn diagram of what is in the jewish teaching what's in the christian teaching and we have a certain amount of books that we both learn from right um because there's when the jewish people were putting together these texts they had no idea that ruth was going to be part of jesus's lineage right um and as christians now we know oh ruth was a part of jesus's lineage 
Um, it'd be interesting to see like what gets left out from our text because we're just like, eh, we don't need it. But then what's in addition to the Jewish teaching and what they include in their canon of holy texts. So um, also one of the things I got sidetracked with was when we were talking about uh, California and Washington, I was just trying to figure out like what would be the, the old Testament geography. And um, it's about the distance from Jerusalem to Egypt. Or to like the Gaza Strip, so really? yeah, it's because Wait, the United is States is so big. California to Washington is yeah. Gaza to. Jerusalem. It's actually shorter from Jerusalem to Gaza than so it what is. What part of California? What part of Washington? that's the tough part? If we're saying Modesto, it's still mm-hmm. Seattle. Modesto is still farther apart than Egypt or okay. the Gaza Strip, and okay, so it's probably like the Jerusalem. border of California, yeah, to the southern border of yeah, so pretty much Oregon, <laughs> yeah. So just like a little when you're thinking about. <laughs> I know. The I Old did, Testament I geography. I did that a little bit when I was considering how far it was from Bethlehem yeah. to uh, Moab. Moab. Yeah. And I forget where it, it was considerable distance. Yeah. Um, it wasn't just like a neighboring country. It was like yep. two countries over. Well, and just the the con- the necessary contextualization of it all, right? Of mm-hmm. I looked on looked at the mileage, but it's like, oh, it's only like an eight hour car ride. Versus on a donkey or on a horse or walking. That was light years away. With elevation. <laughs> yeah, <an> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did yep. you like that? <laughs> that was my risk that I took. Yeah, that was a huge risk. We were talking about youth pastor and a female pastor, different risks that we're able to take uh, when we speak. And I decided to go ahead and use that term yeah. out of, it was out of Logos Bible software. Logos, yeah. sorry. I Thank know, you. I know, Thank whatever. You. But anyhow, I thought, <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and use it and take a risk yeah. and not be. Everybody, everybody laughed. It was good. Yeah. yeah. I, more than just getting a laugh, I hope it like gives people some sort of like another mm-hmm. hook to hang the knowledge on you know like oh i'll remember that Mm -hmm. somehow i mean i'm gonna go to home depot and like hey can i get an (laughs) ass load of this please they're like Like, what are you being crass or are you talking about a donkey's carrying capacity well there's gonna be one worker home depot is like a super (laughs) biblical in-depth like bible study man is like oh i got it for you don't worry i'm like oh what (laughs) how much did i just order they well they just have a chart in the back room of like (laughs) noah's directions for building the ark and they're like oh yeah 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 yeah, yep yep (laughs) I know. I I I opened my email very carefully this morning (laughs) because I don't know would complaints come straight to me? Would they go to you know above me? Mm -hmm. The elder I had an elder approach me afterwards, and I thought, oh, here we go. You know, (laughs) little church discipline for Allison. But no, it he he just laughed. so. (laughs) So I have one more historical question for you. Was this the same land that David was working when? uh Oh, oh, you mean in Bethlehem? Well, was that, so is that where? They end up in Bethlehem. They do end up in Bethlehem. Yeah, Boaz. Okay, so the field that Ruth was working at was not the same field that David was working at when God put his spirit on That is very interesting. I mean, I pictured Boaz's fields as being like level ground Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. um, sun exposure i picture david more like in hills mm-hmm. or pasture like mm-hmm. so i don't know yeah. but yeah would that same um territory be passed down through yeah. these guys it was ruth 
Boaz mm-hmm. and then Jesse. It was Ruth, or so it was Ruth and Boaz. It was Obed. Obed was the child they had. Jesse, David, and then David. Mm-hmm. So somehow they could have moved land in those generations. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like that likely. That's so interesting. We have nerded out about context and history. I would like to actually spend like <laughs> our last five minutes talking about the message in some, yeah, uh, some way, shape, or form. Okay. One of the things that happened yesterday before the service was um, a miscommunication between myself and you, Allison, because I, mm-hmm. I put the slides together during the week, and um, sometimes I, I look at your guys' as manuscripts, and I kind of use my own discretion. I'm like, eh, you know, I'll do this or that. Um, one of the things that I did was I didn't put numbers on your truths from Ruth, right? And then you wanted to go reverse order. I just, when you told me that on Sunday morning, I was like, cool, that's what she wants. Let's do it. I think it'd be cool right now for you to kind of tell us, Brian, myself, and the listeners, what was the reasoning on wanting to number them and then actually reveal them in reverse order? I'd like to hear your thought behind that. So when I first laid out um, my outline, yeah. I went in chronological order yeah. to tell the story. Yeah. And I had to start with Naomi. Yeah. And had to then start with Ruth's I, I mean it just it was yeah. chronological yeah. is how I had laid it out. Mm-hmm. But I realized as I was doing that, it would if I had saved the best for last, yeah. God would be number four mm-hmm. instead of number, number one. one. Yeah. So that's why I decided to reorder order yes. the numbers yeah. so mm-hmm. that he would end up being number one Yep. because really all of those other points were mm-hmm. good but it wasn't the best yeah the best is that god's loving kindness mm-hmm. is orchestrating these yeah. events in our lives and the people of our life in our mm-hmm. lives mm-hmm. to achieve like his purposes and our mm-hmm. good and it's because he loves us yeah so i think that's why i ended up flipping yeah. the numbers around and I just no, that's didn't cool. Want, yeah. I didn't want God to be number four. This is yeah. one of the <laughs> rare moments that you get to see lived out in real time. The last shall be first and the first shall be last. <laughs> I know. <laughs> one I know. of the rare moments that yeah. you see it. I know. And you and I could have talked about inductive and deductive about, you know, could I have re-scripted that in a mm-hmm. way that he mm-hmm. still would have been preeminent? Yeah. And then everybody else is like a supporting character yeah. for that. But as the story unfolds in the book of Ruth, mm-hmm. it didn't really lend itself to that. Yeah. Well, and I'm just thinking of this now, but at least for myself, someone who grew up always in the church, always in Bible study, um, for me, it's not like a, a check out or, okay, cool, you made it about God. But that's one of the things that I feel like being in so many sermons all of my life is I know that ultimately what we're learning is always going to go back to God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, the the parts where my ears are listening a little bit deeper is when I'm like, oh, one of the points is have a Ruth, be a Ruth, right? It's mm-hmm. not um, the God-like character that's in Ruth because I know every point's going to point back to God, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit. So I thought it was also interesting to end there, too, because we've gotten this cool highlight of here's some role models, mm-hmm. which is very valuable for us to learn from and say, okay, I, today I'm in this scenario, and I do need to be like Ruth, or I do need to be like David or Saul, whatever, right? These yeah. characters that we point from. Um, another thing I was curious about your points is 
you had Ruth and Naomi, and you said have and be. What was the reasoning reasoning for not having a Boaz, but being a Boaz? I felt like it would tempt people's integrity to mm. say, like, hey, I advise you to go out and find a Boaz. To me, that oh. almost felt weirdly sugar daddy-ish. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I'm going to go find somebody to, like, an older, yeah, An older, wealthier older. man. Yeah. I will say, even in your point, be a Boaz, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to go do some pickup lines on some widows. No, yeah. but it's like if you are in a position to be generous yeah. or protective, yeah. do that. In times of change, like if yeah. you can be generous to the degree that yeah. you can be, you know, like an ass load full, like be that generous, <laughs> like pour out because yeah. we're all ex- we're all in periods mm, of change. Yeah. And it it does benefit and support and encourage people to receive generosity. Yeah. But I can't go tell people like go seek that out. Yeah. That that was yeah. the weird thing about yeah. like go get one. Yeah. Go get a Boaz seemed <laughs> seemed weird. Yeah. I didn't know I think many, that's good. Can you tell me how many ass loads are in a boat ton? <laughs> yeah. A boat ton. The conversion rate is messy, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, it's the one thing you'll remember. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's how it goes. That was our visual aid. That was it. (laughs) Before we get too far off the rails, uh, I just want to open it up to you guys. Anything um, that you wanted to share or ask or anything before we close out the podcast? I would love people to examine in the rearview mirror the things that have happened in their lives that have led them to the place that they're at right Mm -hmm. now and to see that through the lens of God's has said or his loving kindness. Um, One of the joys of preparing this message for Mm -hmm. me was to have that time to look backwards and I could pull out loads and loads of examples Mm -hmm. and it just, it was really sweet. It was really kind of sweet time of reflection. So I would want people to see their lives in such a way. Okay. It was really funny, like I told you before we filmed, that that was your point. And then I thought, yeah, the reason I'm at Arbor is because of an executive pastor I had at Great Lakes in Wisconsin. (laughs) And yesterday I go... Of all days. Of all days. I go get ice cream in Seattle, and that executive pastor mm-hmm. was there. So she's like, look at the rear mirror. I'm like, I just need to turn around. Yeah. <laughs> there she is. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> so that was that quite was literally. So crazy. Yeah, that was your sermon just right there in mm-hmm. my face. Uh, well, I think that helps develop our faith. I think it helps develop our mm-hmm. spirit of gratitude when we're able to reflect on those things and not just think, oh, that was coincidental or that was a stroke of luck or just random. It was like, actually, Maybe it was God moving in your life deliberately because he loves you, wants to take care of you. I think that's amazing. So I think, I don't know, for me, that was the sweet part of this this um, sermon. So Yeah, that was a good one. It was an okay one. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me. Thanks, so. <laughs> Um All right, well, did you say something, Brian? Oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, well, I think that covers everything. So we're going to wrap things up. Thank you guys so much for listening or watching the follow-up podcast. And we will see you guys. In-